Hey, pitch people. Welcome back to Presentation Thinking, aka the Storytellers Study Club. I'm your host, Mikey Maduski, uh, founder and CEO of a presentation design agency called Ghost Ranch Communications. And I am joined by my better podcasting half, your co-host, Molly Gagan. Molly, what's going on? What's up? Hello. I am the content community manager here at Presentation Thinking. Always stoked to be part of this podcast, Presentation Nation. Um, We have a special treat for you today. Uh And this is an episode, just to frame this, um, yeah, that we are talking about the deep technical like insights into product marketing, what is going on. We're bringing on two of our absolute faves from Ghost Ranch Communications, uh, Allie Wilson, Kelsey Jones, Executive Creative Director, and Counts... Director. Director. Yeah, two heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah, two heavy hitters. Yeah. To talk about... It, yeah, we're sitting here at the end of January, talk about like what we're seeing ahead for 2023, mm-hmm. what you need to have in your presentation toolbox if you are in this work or adjacent to this work or looking to get into this kind of work. And they're experts. So you got to tune in. We've got some trends to point out what's in, what's out and big picture stuff like looking ahead and making sure that your company, your brand is well suited for sustainability, for sticking around. Listen in to some best practice stuff. See how how you and your team are, if you're onto some of these trends already. Molly, I think we can just jump into the, the interview. It was fun. Ready for some knowledge to be dropped. Very exciting interview today, Molly. We are talking to two professionals who work deeply with product marketers, B2B marketers of all sorts, specifically in a very niche medium we like to call presentation design, presentation elevation, presentation enablement. Molly, who are our guests today? Woo! Two of my favorite people that we work with at Ghost Ranch Communications. We've got Kelsey Jones and Allie Wilson, welcome both of you. I'll let you both say hello and introduce your title so I don't forget exactly what it's called at the ranch. Yeah, I'm Kelsey. I'm the director of our accounts team and growth um, here at Ghost Ranch. Excited to talk today. Beautiful. I am Allie Wilson. I'm our executive creative director. Also really, really happy to be here and talk about one of my favorite things in the world. Love Presentations. Yep. Can you tell us both maybe how you stumbled into this very niche space and um, maybe what you, what your day-to-day looks like now? Sure. My background is in um, advertising design and illustration. So I'm definitely an artist at heart, illustrator at heart, visual storyteller at heart. And then um, had a realization fairly early in my career that I was seeking something more and missed the strategy side of things. Just as I started um, working in product development over time during my career as a Hallmark illustrator, I realized that there is just some deeper thinking that I wasn't getting access to or wasn't really being pushed to um, pursue in my career. So I went back to school and studied design management at SCAD, which is kind of like an MBA for artsy folk. And while I was in that program, I got introduced to the wonderful Mikey that you know very well. Thank you. Yeah. Never heard of him. And yeah, I I honestly at the time had been working on a lot of presentations myself during my masters, but I didn't know that there was such a huge opportunity space for like presentation design as a medium until I met him. And uh it's just that perfect combination of loving, loving beautiful visuals and great design and deep strategic conceptual thinking. It is 
absolutely everything in the world that I love combined into one thing. So that's, that's how I found it. I think uh, it is a, a magical, special, you know, niche opportunity space that I think very specific people fall in love with. Yeah. And if you need any proof that Allie's a visual thinker, you can see on her Instagram. I don't know if your Instagram's public, Allie, but even the Ghost Ranch like home site, you've done some of like the OG branding for Ghost Ranch, like mm-hmm. those people sitting around the fire telling stories. And yeah, I've always just loved your illustrations and seeing that translate and grow as you've spent more and more time with the ranch has been so obvious. So it's really cool. You're an expert. Thanks, Molly. <laughs> Kelsey, and and you, did you did you always dream as a kid of growing up to, you know, lead accounts for a presentation design agency? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not something totally. I dreamed about, but I'm happy this dream is reality. Yeah. So my career started um working in the advertising industry for a couple different agencies, um, from traditional to experiential. Really got some great experience uh just learning on how to have good client relationships and building a lot of empathy towards them because we know the clients that we work with, they have a lot going on um, on their day-to-day. And so really try to finesse how our my relationship is with them to make their job easier. And so I was lucky enough to have a previous colleague who was working at Ghost Ranch at the time introduce me to the Ghost Ranch crew. And yeah, didn't really know much about presentation design um, when I interviewed Developed a lot of presentations myself for pitches for, you know, our experiential campaigns that we needed to win our RFPs for. But I was creating those myself with the help of my design team. But he introduced me and I was like, what is this world? And I've worked mostly in the B2C space and not a lot in the SaaS B2B um, tech space. And so once I came in, it just opened this whole new world and, you know, the clients that we get to work with are so smart, have so much knowledge. And I feel like, you know, every day I'm learning something new and continuing again to help our team refine how we're working with our clients and putting our best foot forward to make sure that we're delivering, you know, a great presentation for them that they can go then and, and enable their their sales team with. So I think through my tenure in account management, really just learning how to listen better and respond to our clients' needs and, and being there for them. It's great, Kels. And I, I know having also come from a different background and then getting into the day-to-day that we do, Kelsey, what have you learned about product marketers specifically? I know it's they're not uh, your entire client base, but a majority of the work that we do is directly with PMMs. What was your knowledge of like, what is a product marketer, you know, prior to Ghost Ranch? And, and what have you learned about this unique you know, personality in this job title uh, along the way. Yeah. To be fully transparent, knew nothing about product marketing before coming into this job. Obviously did research, but, you know, I think it's a a role that they do so much for an organization. Mm -hmm. They are the messaging wizards and um, the positioning wizards on, on the company and really like putting that communication out there. And yeah, it's just this job that like, you, unless you're in it day to day or working with product marketers themselves, you probably just you don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes. And so, you know, in my mind coming in, it's like, oh, they're just, you know, a marketing team. They help the sales team. They, you know, come up with strategies, but like really they're the core of all the different presentations and 
just enablement assets that go out, like they're the ones behind the scenes making it all happen. Didn't Esther Yoon call product marketers the trash can of marketing <laughs> where yeah. every little bits and bobs and the kind of the leftovers and the, the pieces that someone didn't yet think about all fall on the product marketer. Mm-hmm. So it is a role that's like actively changing. So for you not to have experience in it is totally fine because I think it's always evolving and you're so definitely someone that can think on their feet and make something happen when it doesn't exist yet, you know? So it's a very, that's why we have Kelsey and Allie here to talk about Mikey. Yeah. We're sitting in Q1. Right. Q1, 2023, a wild, you know, last couple of years, ups and downs. What, the, what <laughs> else is around the bend? Nobody knows. Um, <laughs> Truly. But, you know, Kelsey and Allie have been in this unique position to get, I would say, a lot of different exposure and angles and you know, from an unbelievable amount and variety of best-in-class marketers, you know, B2B marketers, CMOs, product marketers, of course. And so, you know, we were talking with Allie and Kelsey and it's like, Allie, you, I remember one day when a uh, director of product marketing pulled you into a, a call and you were like, what's this about? And can you tell me about that that meeting with um with Mark a couple of years ago when we sort of had that epiphany that, oh yeah, we are in a different, a unique vantage point. Yeah, that's one of my favorite meetings to look back on because it felt like such a turning point for us, especially as a younger company and one that, you know, we ourselves are constantly growing and evolving and evolving too. Yeah, that that meeting, yeah, we weren't totally sure what to expect. We weren't sure if we were kicking off a project or what was really going on, but it really turned out that this PMM just wanted to talk about strategy with us. And we were like, oh. Yeah, that sounds great. We're, you know, we'd love to, to, you know, talk about that. Like, what, what exactly do you mean by strategy? And what he wanted to get out of us, he was, he, you know, very insightfully realized that we work with a lot of PMMs with a, that have a lot of different goals and missions and approaches to content, approaches to their enablement materials across all sorts of industries. And he was like, what are you seeing out there? Like, what, like when you're looking at what we're putting together, do you see any holes? Do you see, like, have you seen any trends? Like what, you know, how are other people approaching, you know, their marketing materials? And, um, you know, it was an intimidating question at the time. And I think Mikey, wouldn't you say it was one of the most natural conversations we ever had? It was, it was easy. It was comfortable. We didn't realize how much we had seen. Mm-hmm. It just builds up so much over time and you have so much exposure. Um, in this industry working in presentation design because you're just you're working through those materials in just a lot of different ways all the time. So yeah, I, it was exciting and it made us realize like that we because we're exposed to so much, we can really start to see what patterns are emerging, you know, mm-hmm. across industries, different, you know, they might be in totally different sectors, totally different, you know, it might even be different patterns we're seeing across verticals within one company. But we're seeing so much and getting to see it from such a high level view that it's important for us to be looking at trends and kind of predicting what we think could be happening next and making sure we're taking a step back to deeply understand why those things are happening and why those mm-hmm. trends are occurring. Love yeah. that. So let's dig into it, right? Like let yeah, I think what that's we why we assembled. Let's talk about a couple trends that you've spotted and that uh, we think other PMMs could really benefit from. Maybe they're already doing it, maybe there's you know, some holes that they can fill in or some good validation that they can hear to see if they're already onto this stuff. So Kelsey, do we want to kick it off with you? What What's something you want to want to tee up as a first like trend that you've spotted recently? Yeah, I think we've seen more and more 
clients coming to us um, asking to refresh their first call decks. More and more, they're, I think they want to make sure that they're telling the right narrative um, and visual story within these decks. Again, that can help enable their sellers to tell a cohesive story across the board. And so they're coming to us to really just help refresh that and make sure that their first call decks is telling the right story. And I think a lot of times success of how things are sold in depends on what's being told in the first call deck. And so, you know, the goal is to obviously inspire a buyer to want to invest in a certain product. And so it's important for them to make sure that they have that uh, that first call deck that is on point and mm-hmm. um, consistent across the board on um, what they're telling their sellers um, and how they're going to be. Yeah. How they're presenting themselves. Yeah. That makes sense. And I'm calling this in my mind, I'm like, this is like some need to haves in the presentation toolbox that I think some people might know one or two of these things. And mm-hmm. then it's great to hear again from like people that are in it every day of, you know, yeah, what else might we be missing? What else? What else might be making our lives easier if we had a material or like a piece like, um, yeah, like a first call deck to just send out to a team? Yeah. And I think it's making sure that the sales team is on the same page. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of times they might not be as they're going into a conversation. um, And it's just important for them to tell that same story. Yeah. I'm curious, Kelsey or Allie, if you've seen a pattern, like, why do you think there has been an uptick? Like, it's not like first call decks are new right? Why do you think this trend has kind of bumped up recently uh, that would you know, spawn a little more noticing of this first call deck needs to come together like quickly? I think it goes into a couple different trends we're going to talk about, but really with market volatility, making sure you have, your, you have to make that first impression. Um, it's important that when you go in and have that conversation that you show up right the first time, you might not get a second conversation. So I think it's a mm-hmm. kind of looking at how things are right now and making sure that you're impressing those prospects. Yeah. And I think like along with market volatility and then also leading into some of these other trends we're going to talk about is um, kind of elephant in the room, I guess, is like the major turnover that has been happening at a lot of companies and changes in leadership, just a lot of change up at companies in general, like whether that means a lot of people leaving, a lot of new people coming in. It's just a great time to make sure, like Kelsey was saying, everyone is aligned. Everyone has a shared vision for you know what the messaging is, how we're communicating that. So I think it really does make sense when you have a lot of fresh faces or a lot of change just to make sure that there's good new energy that's going into like how these things are being presented as well. Because it's uh, we often have people that we work with say, you know, a new first call deck almost feels like you've gotten like a brand new outfit to wear. And like sales mm-hmm. teams love having, you know, it just feels good to have some change and have something new and a new approach to speaking about something because it just, it starts to get stale after a while. Right. Yeah. Right. And I imagine once the dust has settled from, you know, an unfortunate layoff, reorg, or just like a new regime, you know, even in good times, we see marketers and product marketers turning over, climbing the ladder because they've done so well at one company or department. And take on a new initiative that nailing the positioning, I imagine you get to a new place, like you need to know, like, how's our positioning? And if it's off that you start with that narrative up front that aligns the whole sales field to say, so you're saying the same thing and you're moving and kind of honing in that message and delivering that great first impression. I would say we have also seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like SCO, SKO, global kickoff, 
you know, like revenue kickoff, whatever you want to call it, generally a three letter acronym, <laughs> but Sales beginning of the annual year, everybody gets together and we've seen a ton. It seems like every client has some sort of, you know, annual sales kickoff that they're putting a lot more effort into. I'd say that's changed over the last three years, five years, you know, it's like really ramped up and they, they're throwing, throwing down on these heavier than they used to, you know, Ali, would you like support that or? Yeah. And, you know, it's been interesting watching SCOs evolve, SCOs, SKOs, whatever you want to call it, um, um, watching that evolve to like, it seems like they really like the attention was turned towards those um, and, and really ramping them up and making sure they were super engaging and exciting and inspiring during like COVID times. And, you know, and that was, of course, different and unique because they needed to be really, really engaging as people were remote. There's a certain energy that you can get from, you know, those types of kickoffs when people are meeting in person and you're in a room and you're networking and there's stage presence involved. And so it's been even interesting watching those shift over the past few years from, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, get everyone aligned and excited? It's about excitement. It's about creating excitement for these sales teams um, to go out and sell more essentially. So it really does go back to even what Kelsey was talking about with the first call decks, it's like, let's make sure everyone's aligned. Do we all have the same vision? And is everyone excited? So it's really about like making sure everyone's excited. And so there's been a lot of um, attention dedicated to these because without that excitement for these sales teams, you know, there's potential to not see like as great of a performance from them. It's just like mm-hmm. making sure the energy is still alive and people aren't, you know, feeling discouraged, but yeah. getting out there. Yeah. If you can't impress your internal sales team to go sell your product and your story, how are they ever going to be successful out in the field? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They need to get so excited. I, yeah. And and they can't, you can't sell something that you don't believe in. So I think that's again why this investment is happening more and more with SCOs because they just want to enable and arm their team to really go and impress, impress their prospects on what they're able to provide them. So okay. Hot take question to theme or not to theme? What do you, should they go like all in on some <laughs> fancy theme for a, for an SKO or uh, like, are there any creative ones you've seen that you thought were really energizing? I like the theming personally. I think it's fun. It creates a new fresh take on the brand. Like even if it doesn't really relate to the brand itself, I think it just brings uh, a sense of energy and newness. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely like... I, t- I trend towards like being a little bit of a party pants myself. And I feel like sometimes <laughs> it's just like, we have seen some clients that really go all in on a theme and people get so into it. Like, I think just from like a, like a connection standpoint, like getting everyone to bond, even if it's kind of hokey or cheesy, mm-hmm. or it feels like it's too much. Hey, I mean, it's fun. Like things should still be fun and a good time. Um, but I've definitely heard the other side of things too, where it's like, oh, like another theme, like, but I'm I'm team theme myself because mm-hmm. I'm I'm all about having some fun. I can't wait to take the poll quote. I'm a bit of a party pants myself. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And and then have a theme, have a have a team in place, you know, in-house or whatever to convert. You know, if you have an epic theme that gets the sales team, the revenue team hyped, you should probably then salesify it uh, to borrow a term from Esther Yoon to get it ready to deploy. Because a lot of times, you know, the themes are out there, but the point is to get them pretty hyped up to use them. So then know that if this set of presentations from your SKO went really well, 
people are going to be barking up the tree to get those slides. They're like, I want to present that. And so, yeah, have a plan in place for in a couple of weeks after SKL, you got to release that stuff, right? And it has to be market ready. Oh, yo, Mikey, you just unlocked a secret trend. Yeah, well done. <laughs> secret trend. So that's such a good point about, you know, making sure those that, you know, because there's a lot of thought that goes into these presentations. And this is the first time that those salespeople are seeing this messaging. It's usually like, this is a reveal of like our new messaging strategy. So yes, like Mikey said, they want it right away. They're like, let me have those slides. Give me those slides. I want to use them. But then they're in this crazy color scheme. It's like this like <laughs> outer space galaxy vibe that is not your brand. And you're like, well, we can't use those right away. So something that we've seen as a trend to make things like to get things to turn around really quickly is rather than using a presentation template that is like brand new from scratch, completely outside of your corporate brand or your whatever brand you have is building that theme in on top of your existing template, because then it's really, really quick and easy to convert. Uh, You still have, you know, all the messaging in place, the visual elements are still exciting and interesting, but you're still using your core brand the theme is layered on top and it's really easy to strip that down and make it marketplace ready because you didn't go too far in a completely different direction. So that's something that we've definitely seen to just make sure that those decks convert really easily and quickly so that they can be used right away. It's a deep hack, a presentation operation nerd hack that does pay off. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Well, well said. Mm -hmm. I have one other one I wanted to ask you in conjunction, you know, we've seen SKO pick up Analyst briefings have become analyst days slash analyst summits. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Hard hitting question. Sorry. Oh, yeah, (laughs) for sure. They are. I think where we used to see them be maybe a portion of a a larger conference or like, you know, off to the side, this was happening towards the end of the conference one day. This It's its own event at this point. It's a really big deal with like focus, like, you know, multiple days spent preparing for analysts. And then of course, you know, that's a very different type of, you know, presentation you're putting together when you're putting something together for salespeople, of course, you're, you know, the intention and, you know, the type of content and information you're presenting to analysts is completely different. So another, you know, huge undertaking with a lot of attention, but in a very different way. And there's a type of slide that I want y'all to talk about that's probably relevant to both of those, like Analyst Summits, SKO, drumroll, what is it? The good old architecture. <laughs> architecture. It's our favorite. If, if, if someone <laughs> in Presentation Nation or someone's listening and is like, what the hell are you guys talking about? What is a architecture slide? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Yeah, I'll speak to it a little bit. Um, I really think it tells the whole story of all your different products. It pulls in and has you understand the whole macro view of what your products and how they fit into one another. And so how that can be a solution for a potential customer. It's a key part of the sales process that our marketers go through. And it really helps show that whole roadmap process as well. So definitely a, a key slide that is a good investment for product marketers to invest in to make sure it's telling that right story. So portable, Kelsey. You heard it here first, people. You need a architecture slide and you need to have a presentation <laughs> toolbox. And Allie, you've been building these bad boys since, you know, 2016, probably, right? What have you noticed has stayed the same? What are you seeing requested differently? Or, you know, what are what are people pushing on within these architectures? Yeah. I think, you know, architecture slides, there's there's some standard approaches that people tend to take. 
It's a lot of information. You're trying to express a lot in one place, a single image. So it can be really hard. And in typically with a architecture slide, there's a lot of eyes on it, a lot of stakeholders involved, a lot of people with a lot of a different opinions on you know, how these products, how everything interacts with each other. It's just hard. It's one of those slides, like when you are building a architecture slide, for example, or a architecture visual, that can be, oh gosh, how many, I think you can spend <laughs> how many hours on a architecture slide, a single slide, <laughs> yeah. which, is, which is amazing. Um, it's probably why we love them the most is just because it's, there's so much problem solving in, involved. But I'd say something that we've seen a lot of change with over time, if you are, you know, aware of architecture slides or you've looked at them before you've built your own i'm sure you've seen the layer cake type of approach where it's like okay here's a stack this is how things you know layer on top of each other maybe you know in the past you know you've looked at it as one whole visual but something that we you know and there's a lot of different you know everyone always seems to be wanting to break free from the typical architecture structure because they want to be unique it's like how does this work without losing the ease of understanding how things work together. So that's mm-hmm. what's kind of tough about it. But something that we've seen is, you know, rather than just looking at it as, as this solitary static visual, like here's the whole picture, building it out is more of a story. Um, so explaining how it works and how the pieces work together as more of a build. So whether that's using animation, um, maybe it's multiple slides, maybe you're landing at a final architecture, maybe you're looking at a final architecture and you're breaking it down, but using a bit more story to express how everything works as a system and why why the big picture is the big picture rather than just, you know, having a single picture and hoping and assuming that people can make the connections on their own. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. revealing behind the man behind the curtain in a good way mm-hmm. and showing yeah. the cogs in the machine, right? And Molly, we just had that conversation on the red thread with Tamsin Webster and, you know, the four of us here have gone through a workshop with her, but it's, we know as she brings to light, there's a difference between giving someone the solution, the answer all at once and guiding them toward it so -hmm. that they start to put the pieces together and they have already, you know, like, ah, I get it. And I want Mm -hmm. this, you know, so take it's Allie, it sounds like it's like, yeah, bring them from point A to point B, like take them on the journey through your architecture rather than just like, bam here's our stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that that's beautiful. And that's certainly a trend that I hope more are starting to, to pick up on and know that it's okay to, you know, it doesn't have to be that one static slide. You Hopefully you're presenting this, right? And hopefully yeah. it's not just locked to a, a send ahead. Yeah. yeah buy to- some, yeah. Buy some trust too. So that they, yeah. they can, you add some credibility, I think, showing off exactly how and why something works, not just showing how it'll work, especially if it's a new thing. And it depends on the audience, of course, too. You could maybe have a few variations of a architecture slide, but I think that's really important. Yeah. I was going to just add on that, you know, architectures really are about facilitating that discussion. You really want the the buyer to buy into it. You know, they you need them to say yes before you tell them to say yes to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's such an important slide to help facilitate that discussion in those sales conversations. Okay, next trend. kind of brings us to another, yeah, good little thing in the toolbox, which trend. What are rappers, you guys? Allie, I'll let you take this one. Not the, music, not the <laughs> yeah. musician type. R-W-R-A-B-B. <laughs> Christmas Dr. Jay grew up in Compton, and then he met his best friend, Snoop. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, definitely, I mean, we're kind of going back to 
the core of one of our trends here by talking about rappers, which is I know we've we've brought up consistency a couple of different times. So rappers really help create, you know, especially when you're working across like, you know, we're talking about first call decks, but you know, you've also got, you know, your second call decks, you've got motions, um, sales motions, and mm-hmm. you know, you've got these different approaches that you're taking to, you know, speak to different verticals, different needs, different industries. But how do you, you know, you want that messaging to be unique and you want it to work well for, you know, the audience you're speaking to, but then it's like, how do you keep the overall messaging really consistent across all of those conversations? And that's these rappers. So think of them as bookends. So you have, you know, a piece of your messaging strategy at the beginning and the end that are always going to be consistent. You know, your sales team is going to be delivering it the same way. Same way. They're trained to deliver it the same way. It's not necessarily about it always being exactly the same, but about it being a similar structure and a similar approach, just so that, you know, when you have that structure in place and you know, as you're building out this content and these presentations, that blue sky is taken away. So you know that you have a similar structure to follow. The one that comes to mind for me was uh, for a big user conference for a tech client. We are often tasked to build the keynotes, right? Like general session event, people have more budget to, to dress up those presentations on the big stage. Then you've got 30, 40, 50 breakout sessions, right? And those are deep subject matter experts. They all have like incredible things to say, super techie, but n- maybe not budget to for a presentation design firm to like clean up all of those decks and beautify those and elevate those. So what a client asked us to do was develop five to 10 evergreen wrapper slides, bookend slides, whatever you want to call them. Essentially, it's like, can- it's essentially they're like campaign billboards that bring that cohesion to the messaging of what, what do you want your end users from that? conference to like come back and remember. And so if, if you go to a session, like five different sessions that day and you see five different SMEs using those same slides, that's where you get to drive that message home and build that repetition of messaging and alignment. And I think that's been probably the biggest trend we've seen lately, all the way back to Kelsey's first point about like first call decks, people are coming in, point of inflection, new team, new regime. And they're just seeing like, the sellers, everybody's saying different things, even the executives saying different things. And so the theme that's sort of like bringing a lot of this together is like a need, an imperative for cohesion and alignment and consistency with what everybody's saying. Because, you know, in these times, we're going to need to do more with less, you know, like people are being asked to do that, especially PMMs. Efficiency is big and it is very inefficient for everybody to be off pitching their own different (laughs) stories, right? So wrappers are a great tool that that more PMM should have, more marketers, everybody should have in that in that toolkit for sure, Molly. Yeah. And I think that speaks to a lot of what we've been hearing from our prep marketing clients is how they know that their sales team wants to curate their presentations, how they're going out um, to different customers and selling in certain products. They have their own strategies. But what these wrappers do is really provide at least an um, beginning and an end consistency across those conversations, but it still allows for the middle part to be, you know, edible, customized by um, and tailored towards the seller who's ultimately doing the selling. Um, they need to be convincing. They need to know the story that they want to tell. And so these wrappers help provide that consistency that they need to bring forward from the company as a whole. Yeah. Um, but still allows, you know, the middle part to be that 
custom piece that they can own. Oof. Which brings me to like another buzzword that I've heard recently was like composability, which I think, you know, we used to call it like, oh, we'll build you like a modular or a plug and play kind of pitch library. So it's like, you know, sellers can grab the appropriate case studies, but you've got this like great, beautiful slide library that is composable, I guess, but like giving them here, here, don't change this part. And, you know, here's our evergreen bookends. We want everybody to say this part the same, but now seller or SME, you have space to, to really play here, to tailor it to that particular prospect that you're talking to. Yeah. I was reading an article this week, just about composability and, you know, making something so it's editable as well. And the three things that stood out to me was it allows, brings flexibility. It brings greater agility through modularity as well. And then also resilience through autonomy. So again, giving that ownership back to ultimately the seller that needs to have yeah. that conversation with the customer. Gosh. Think about the bottlenecks it alleviates too. Poor product marketers are pulled in a thousand directions. Everybody needs something from them. So yeah, once you've opened up, given the keys to anybody to manipulate what they need to, I imagine that that helps product marketers focus on what they'd prefer to be working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that leads into something I know we were talking about a bit the other day too, that has been coming up for us more and more, I'd say over the past six months than it ever has before has been training and workshops. Yeah. Constantly. So that just goes like back, Kelsey, like what you're talking about with that, like agility, that need to customize and and actually ultimate goal for us too, is to empower the people that we work yes. with to feel like they can be creating those slides on their own. And, you know, we're always going to be here to help guide the process and be there for them. But like the more that they can feel empowered to do that on their own, create slides that are on brand, um, that they feel really confident about presenting that still remain consistent (laughs) with everything else that they're building um, is huge. And so we've heard a lot of clients that are also wanting to get make sure that you know their teams are feeling empowered and feeling that confidence to be building out materials Mm -hmm. that make sense. Yeah, that's so important. And I'm zooming out kind of just thinking about what you guys are talking about. A lot of these things have been speaking to like cohesion of the brand, making things easy, easier for people. The modular um, aspect with something like wrappers, uh, speaking to like composability, like Mikey said. And then with these workshops, you know, it's continued learning. So I'd love to just call out something that Mikey termed, not taking credit for this, but those are, you know, if we're trend spotting here for 2023, we've got three C's of 2023, cohesion, composability, and continued learning. So just kind of zooming out on some of those big picture things, this really fits into everything you guys have been talking about and stuff that has been around for a while that you need to have and stuff that's been really popping up more recently in the last six months, like you said, Allie. And we, we would never force... You know, it's definitely the three C's. We would it's never natural. force a click, <laughs> An <alliteration>. a clickbaity <laughs> title like that. It's definitely cohesion, Such a catchy roundup. continued learning, not workshops or training. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Any, I'm curious, just like a couple of like quick design trends, you know, like what are people thinking about animation right now? Are stock illustrations dead? What's hot? What's not? What's, what's yeah. hot? What's not? What's in? What's out? Who wore it better? Gosh, animation died there for a little while. Um, it really kind of bit the dust, especially when, when everything was completely virtual and, you know, in-person stuff wasn't an option just because, you know, everyone had, people weren't prepared to be working from home. They had bummer internet, like (laughs) just wasn't working well. So everyone, animations were lagging. It was making everyone (laughs) feel uncomfortable. So animation was just like 
Like, let's not do that. So we really pumped the brakes on animation for a while, but it is coming back now, especially as I think everyone is more comfortable being in person again. Mm-hmm. The scos are in person. Um, everything is that everything is that we've got, you know, the human touches back and um, it's more about breaking things down and simplifying and a great way to do that and a great way to make sure what you're speaking to is being understood one point at a time. It's really easy to digest is to animate things. Um, it's also a great way to just keep people engaged, you know, but animation, I think always, you know, within reason not necessarily used as a decorative element. Haven't been seeing that come up back quite as much where it's Mm -hmm. not about necessarily like a cinematic effect, but being really intentional about how animation is used for storytelling. Mm -hmm. So I've seen animation making a a nice comeback. And Molly, we talked to Boris um, from Present to Succeed Conf and Mm -hmm. he said that leader of PowerPoint revealed at last year's Present to Succeed, you know, a presentation conference that PowerPoint tool They've made a concerted effort to make animation not laggy, at least mm-hmm. within, you know, mm-hmm. like new versions of PowerPoint and like, like the morph transition in our, our favorite yep. is, you know, they're, they're really working on that holding up in something like a Zoom presentation, which is super exciting because yeah. we, you know, as, as presentation specialists, we, we lean on animation as a storytelling device. Yeah, totally. And that's important because we know that while in-person is coming back, the hybrid of in-person and online video webinar is still going to be a thing. That's not going away either. So that's awesome that there's some updates there to make that lag yeah. not happen. Totally. And what of stock illustrations? Not stock photos, stock illustrations. Yeah. Those kind of the ebb and flow is always a thing. Yeah. Stock illustrations are tough because you know you might find one that works really really well. <laughs> then it might be great. But the question is, are you thinking about the other use cases where you're going to need to use illustration? Mm-hmm. Like how, you know, finding a library of things that work, especially for your very specific messaging stock is it's just hard to get things that are specific enough where it makes sense or it's not just, again, I'll keep using the word decorative. I know it's not one of the C's, but we've seen such amazing instances of companies hiring an illustrator to make custom illustrations for them because when you have someone that, deeply understands what your product is, you know, who your customer is, you're going to get illustrations that are meaningful and that actually work um, mm-hmm. and communicate properly rather than just being an illustration that's there for the sake of having a visual element in the space. It's something that actually adds to the story and adds to the messaging rather than kind of just taking up space. And I think that supports what you were saying, Allie, about the theme, like to theme or not to theme with, with <laughs> uh, sales kickoffs and, um, and even, uh, even first call decks, you know, having the, that cohesion and you, your own ability of, if you hire, yeah, a, free, a freelance illustrator, we are not at a shortage for them. Like go hire an artist and pay them to create. Yeah. Like a set of illustrations that you can have that are unique to your company. I think that's really cool. And more sustainable, I think, in the long run for your brand. Love that. How about one last design trend? And then we'll break into our spice cabinet. What about how do people minimize distraction in their decks these days? What is going on there? I think we're seeing more and more um, clients come to us to help declutter what's on the slide. You know, I think there's so much information that needs to be told. But if you have a slide that is just <laughs> word puking mm-hmm. information, you know, it, it makes it difficult for 
a customer to buy in. And so more and more, we're seeing clients come to us as well to advise them on ways that we can take content away without taking away the story. Um, It's really important for us to help guide them in that process to say, here's this information that's great, but maybe that can be used in some other document or put in the talk track. What's the overall story that you're trying to tell with this specific slide or this specific deck? And then let's help you hone that in to really refine and tell the right story. The more refining that we can do um, and remove more and more of you know the content that is on there, I think it just helps um, visually engage, bring forward that conversation uh, with that customer. And when we were talking about like intentional messaging and stuff and and like getting down to the core message, like every word that is on your slide should have a purpose. And if it doesn't, like, can it go into the talk track and just be supporting you while you speak through your mm-hmm. presentation? I'm thinking of the Tams and Webster conversational case, these story prompts and tools that get to like the core, core pieces of your brand. And yeah, if a word is on your slide, it better be the one you want them to remember, the one phrase, a couple of things. So I think that's a continued trend and continued learning. It's so hard to do. Easier said than done. I think this goes back and ties to the composability factor, having us create uh, these templates for these sellers to use. But how can we also um, limit the number of characters that they can type and add in? Because then, then that can completely just switch the meaning of that slide and how it was originally developed by the product marketer. So yeah, we've seen that as well. Like what are ways that we can set up this template so it can still limit, it condenses, you know, how much copy can be on that slide. You can do that. You can try. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's dope. I mean, I think a lot of... You got to try. Yeah, That has come up, Kels. Um, That has come up where, um, especially when we're developing some of these uh, consistent type of slides, these evergreen slides that you're thinking of that you were talking about, Mikey, like wrappers, where it's like, okay, this is like, we need it to be concise. And so, so like even setting up like in the master text boxes to be limited, even mm-hmm. including instructions within the slides themselves saying like, keep it to this many characters. We've definitely mm-hmm. had a few requests like that to try and keep things as locked in as possible as far as how much, you know, giving full reign, like how much content you can fill up on the slide. But um, yeah, one more thing on that note, just from a, I think a design and a content perspective, some of the best advice you can ever get is that the delete key is your best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Consolidate, copy, or die trying. Yeah. You are <laughs> the chief distillation officer if you are putting yeah. together a, you know, <laughs> a deck of content. And like, I swear, if you if we put out a poll on LinkedIn or wherever of the top PowerPoint pet peeve, it's always a wall of bullets. People hate someone reading a wall of bullets from their slides. So yeah, just chop it down, baby. And that's, yeah, that's, we've definitely seen a lot of more of the like presentation champions within an org are like, look, I I value this stuff and I'm trying to get the rest of my teammates to do it too. So good on you. If you're, if that's you out there being the, the advocate for, for better slides and storytelling. All right. This we're, we're at time here, but we can't leave without opening up the spice cabinet and Molly, what are we going to ask these two presentation professionals? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm curious to know. I mean, obviously, I know you do this in your day job. And I'm wondering if there are any people, companies, brands, like who do you guys follow? Who should people get inspired by that they can also tune in? And imitation is the best form of flattery. So it's just, yeah, to get the, get the wheels turning in a visual way. 
we've, if you've listened this far in the podcast, you've, you've heard our three C's and some great recommendations, but yeah. Who do you guys follow or who's doing this well that people can get inspired by? I'll go first. Um, I would say the first brand that comes to mind is, is Patagonia. I think that their messaging, everything that you see has that consistent voice. They don't sway from it at all. Even with uh, different partnerships that they're going into, they always have that same consistent message. You know what you're going to get from them. Um, And I think that's really important when you're going out to your customers and have them believe in you. They have to see that consistent messaging across the board in any sort of medium that they're engaging with. And yeah, I think Patagonia does it really, really well. Oh, second that. I could talk. We need a whole podcast on Yvonne Schnard's um, whole branding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Allie, who do you think? A small agency I've admired lately. They're called Focus Lab and they're based in Savannah, Georgia, which is so cool. But it's just this branding agency. Um, So I don't know how much it really applies here, but their work is magnificent. So it's visually beautiful, but they have they're not just making beautiful things. It's all really intentional. You can really see they've like obviously hired really talented people mm-hmm. that are really smart to be working on every brand that they've developed. So I would definitely, I would check them out. Um, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Why I'm like, I'm do we talk about that? that? Because it's like, is that a competitive yeah. thing? Um, I've just, uh, I don't know. And I'm also Credit a huge fan of Savannah, due. Georgia, um, yeah. which is, you know, a smaller town. I'm always going to advocate for smaller agencies as well. And I just think they're doing incredible work. I think I've been really inspired by them lately. No, that's that. great because we've got Patagonia, like a big name example. And then I think it's also so important to be inspired by mm-hmm. the little guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mikey, what about okay. you? Do you, uh, I know you follow a bunch of great people on LinkedIn. Anyone you want to throw out a link in the spice cabinet? Just, uh, you know, I'm a huge TikTok guy. No, I'm joking. But, oh, uh, <laughs> TikTok. I would personally follow This Week in Storytelling, a- a- aka Twist, the brand new channel from Presentation Thinking. Um, Asha from our from the team is trying to give inspiration to anybody who wants to wants to become a better storyteller. And, you know, we hear it all the time. Storytelling matters in business, blah, blah, blah. But like, what does that actually mean? So Asha, each week, going to give like a little two-minute video to d- dive deep and find a real example of, of brands that tell stories or of an, something interesting on Hulu, you name it. Um, so yeah. it's going to be topical, timely, and super engaging in two minutes. So I'd say subscribe on Instagram or TikTok or follow us on LinkedIn, um, Presentation Thinking. And yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to see where that short form video format goes for us. Yeah, totally. We're going to be on the storytelling beat and looking into what's trendy and why, you know, getting behind that why. And something I want to throw into the Spice Cabinet is one of our faves, Tamsin Webster. We've interviewed her on Presentation Thinking before and heard from her in person at a workshop. She wrote The Red Thread, Finding Your Red Thread. So if you're working on getting to the core pieces of your messaging and like that cohesion piece. She has a free tool on her website. And I, last we talked to Mike, I think she said she's coming up with more. It's called the conversational case. And it's really prompts you to get, you know, digging deep into like strategically, what are you putting on your slides and why? And that's going to help people buy in. It's going to help you with your market texture and distill stuff down. As Ali said, like press lean into the delete key. So that's a free tool on her website. And we'll throw that in the spice cabinet too. Okay. Last question, Kelsey Alley, what is your walkout music? My song has been with me for since my childhood. Play grew up playing sports and it's Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. A strong choice. 
Yeah. We got to sing them now because, you know, we're not sure we can sample music. So, Mikey, <laughs> take it away. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> bum, hey, bum, bum. Listening, it's already in your head. So, yeah, you got exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect it's one, Kelsey. Kelsey. That's a classic for a reason. Well done. Very fitting. Yeah. Hey, Ro. All right. Kelly? Yeah. Mine's mine's consistent to you, Kels. Um, not for the same cool reasons as yours, but mine is Evil Woman by ELO. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Evil Evil woman. Woman. That's yeah. Oh, everyone's having their full setup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Even though you're not an evil woman, Allie. It's just sketchy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> witchy. That's awesome. Definitely um, witchy. Thanks so much for joining you guys. Again, this has been trend spotting. <laughs> three C's. What were the they? Three again? C's of 2023. Cohesion, composability. composability, and continued learning. Kelsey, Allie, thank you so much for joining us and, and uh, good luck putting these things into action for your clients in yeah. 2023. Mm. This is super helpful for people. Thanks, Excited. Maggie. Thanks, Molly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you both. 